Hey everybody, welcome to the Vet Tech Tap Room. This is our spin-off series from the Vet Tech Cafe. These episodes are live and uncut, discussing hot topics in our field, or talking about previous episodes amongst ourselves, and always highlight something positive happening in our profession. These episodes will be published as regular podcast episodes and will also be available on our YouTube channel as well. So get yourself a beer or a potato water and find us live on Instagram and join the discussion. Now if you'll excuse us, those are our beers the bartender is pouring. Hello caffeinators, uh, welcome back to uh, the Vet Tech Tap Room, uh, where all of your favorite drafts uh, will be free tomorrow, so make sure to come tomorrow. And yeah, we'll have to be here tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> um, we're coming to you from the Vet Tech Tap Room for this episode. Um, we have several guests lined up for the next few episodes, but I think with after the new year and uh, BMX and a lot of people had a lot of things going on. So we had a hard time getting one lined up for this slot. So we're doing a tap room for this episode. Um, but we've got several coming and we might actually be able to get one recorded this next week and, and kind of maybe do two weekends in a row back to back. So we're going to try to get that done. But <laughs> in the meantime, um, we'll hold you over with a vet tech tap room episode. And if not, um, we'll certainly be with regularly scheduled programming in two weeks. Um, anyway, hope you guys are well. Um, if it's your first time here in the vet tech tap room, um, this is kind of our spinoff series from the Vet Tech Cafe, where we just kind of talk, Dave and I, about some of the stuff that's going on in Vet Med and, and just kind of some of our personal thoughts on some things. So, Dave, I know you had a couple things you wanted to bring up and discuss. Let's uh, let's start there. Yeah, well, it's I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to feel my age. Um, my mom had a fall um, a couple weeks ago, so I'm worried about her, and then thinking about you know, what happens when we lose our parents and all that stuff and uh, starting to think about retirement. And we've talked to, I want to say Harold Davis is probably the only one that we've talked to who is quote unquote retired, yet he's still doing stuff. He's still on committees. He's still involved in vet med um, probably more than most of us are. Um, and it got me to thinking of like, how do we retire? How do technicians actually retire? I, I realized that, you know, we say this all the time on the show that, lifespan of a technician is is five to seven years. And, you know, if you start in your 20s, that takes you to your 30s. And then usually we don't retire from the profession. We just find another profession and then work until we we actually are able to retire. And I, I, I'm starting to think that there's, I, I've thought this for a while, that there I'm probably not going to be on the floor for much longer, maybe a few more years. Um, but after that, I'm I'm not going to be working on the floor. And then, then I start to worry about, well, what can I do after that? And right now, I'm doing a lot of CE. I'm doing a lot of training. This this spring, I'm traveling a lot to do CE, which is great, and I love doing that stuff. However, not being on the floor, like a couple more years from now, is my experience, is my knowledge relevant? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I keep myself in this field without being on the floor? Um, where you know. We can talk all, all day about imposter syndrome. I have it. You have it. Probably 95% of our listeners have it. Um, of, of am I good enough? And is my is my knowledge relevant? Is it mm-hmm. is it something that's still valuable? And then, I mean, trust me. We you and I have talked about this. That my lifelong goal is to be a kept man. Um, where <laughs> I just tend to the farm and I don't do anything vet med related. Um, but the reality of that is I don't feel like that's ever going to happen for me. I feel like I'm always going to be in the field somehow. 
I'm never going to stop working. And I struggle with it. Like saving up for retirement. Yeah. We, we've talked, we talked about this just before we came on the air of thinking about in your twenties, do you think, start thinking about retirement then you should, but we don't. Um, because usually in our twenties, what are we doing? We're, we're living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. We're not saving money because we, we can't. Um, that second and third job we're working as 20 year old technicians goes to pay rent, goes for food. Um, and, and not necessarily thinking about retirement. Um, and I worry about that. And as I'm getting older and I'm going to be 50 this year, as I said, and I, I worry about what does retirement look like for me? Is, am I like actually going to be able to sit in a lazy boy and just watch sports all day? <laughs> like that, <laughs> I would love to do that, but is that ever, is that ever going to be a possibility for me? Right. Yeah. I, I know I hear you. And you know, I, I think back to, you know, kind of when I first started in vet med, corporate medicine wasn't, like, right, it, right. Was, it was taboo, frankly. Um, you know, if, if one of the local general practices sold to VCA, I remember. Oh yeah. Like a, it, was, it was scandalous, yes, right? For sure. Yeah. And certainly none of the, you know, uh, independent, um, or privately owned practices were offering 401ks or life insurance right. or those kinds of things. And I think that's a lot more commonplace now, at least I hope that it is, but also, you know, I would encourage anybody listening, like if, if your hospital offered that, um, my cat is trying to drink my beer. I'm sorry, guys. Um, if your hospital do you know what they're offering? Do you know if they're matching? If you leave that hospital, do you know, you know, are you taking that with you? Are you, are you actually doing things to, to accrue that? Or, or do you even, do you even actually get, you know, a retirement benefit? And certainly, you know, I know when I was 20 years old, I wasn't thinking about retirement. I was thinking about going to Vegas and blowing my paycheck or, you know, whatever else <laughs> until, you know, mid thirties or forties. And then you start thinking about that. And, and even to your point earlier about, you know, leaving the floor, I mean, I think we all know now that I haven't worked on the floor really in, in two years and I don't intend on ever going back. But to your point about, you know, how do I stay current? I think we've talked about this before. I've, I've kind of left behind a lot of things I normally speak about because I'm, I'm, I'm not the person to talk about it anymore. I think you're actually right, doing the right. fluid therapy series for VSPN right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you and I used to split that. You did transfusions and I did fluid yeah, therapy. Yeah. And and I just, I don't think I'm the person to talk about it anymore. I don't practice it. And and so for me to, to kind of lecture on it feels a little um, disingenuous and it, it I'll talk till the sun goes down on toxicology, but, um, but that's, <laughs> but that's what I know. And that's what I'm immersed in. Yeah. Now. That's what you know. Um, and I think too, you know, you talking about like other things to do. I honestly think there are so many opportunities now in veterinary medicine for things that are off the floor that just didn't used to exist. Like I saw something the other day and I actually texted the, the job ad to my wife um, and it was it was for VCA hospitals, which you know I'll, I'll leave that discussion aside for a moment. But it was for a medical scribe, um, and they were looking yeah. for somebody to to do transcription um, for you know their network of doctors um, that you know you just basically listen to their audio tape and then transcribe their records. And it was part time or full time. It was make your own hours. They provide you the laptop, and as long as you're getting you know based on the job ad, as long as you're work you know getting your work done, so on and so forth, and and I thought, you know, just kind of a 
a part-time schedule and, you know, make your own hours. And, you know, there was a part of me that was like, Hey, that kind of sounds appealing. I, it doesn't say what the pay is or anything like that, but that's an opportunity that did not exist 20 years ago. Right. And, and I right. think as we go forward, you know, there's, there's more and more triage services available and, and there's just so many things for people like us that, um, our bodies are breaking down after all these years of handling the big dogs and, and what have you. And, and certainly if you've made it this long in the profession, it's gotta be something you can think about or you need to think about it. And I think too, yeah, yeah. you know, you talked about the, the five to seven year lifespan. I think if you are somebody that breaks through that and you stay in this field for 15 or 20 years or whatever it might be, then I think ultimately you get to another point where it's like, okay, I've been in this field long enough. I don't want to go learn something new. I, I, yeah. I have to stick it out in vet med because I'm too old to go learn something new. I don't want to go be at the bottom mm-hmm. of the food chain in some other field. And so, you know, you like, we have to kind of start being creative a little bit. And, and, you know, I, I think I even said this in our trailer episode, however many years ago, I, I kind of had this rose colored glasses about the, the veterinary corporations and, and maybe what they could bring to the field. And I think that's some of what they can bring is, is some of those unique ideas or unique job opportunities or, or positions, but whether or not they're sustainable, whether or not they're, you know, earning enough to actually, you know, be living on or what have you those i can't say but i I do think this is an interesting time in vet med where there are there are more opportunities for those of us that have been in this for a long time to potentially stick it out for a little while longer yeah and and you you mentioned that that you know finding a different career path and finding something different as a 40 40 to 45 year old person i thought of that i thought of that uh, when I was burnt out at, at one of the hospitals I was working at and I was like, I, I got I just have to do something different. And, you know, coupled with the fact that I had put so much time and effort and blood, sweat and tears into this profession, yeah. coupled with the fact that I don't want to start off like yeah. at the bottom of the feed chain yeah. uh, to in like some desk job, some marketing job yeah. where I wasn't going to be happy. Um it it just didn't appeal to me to to do that, um, and and finding ways to stick it out in this profession um, is keeping me here. But I I feel like I feel like one. Please don't please don't audio capture this and just paste it everywhere. I feel like I'm gonna die here at some point. Yeah. Um, hopefully not on the floor for for my coworkers, but like in this profession, like I'll be working till the day I die, and I I, I honestly don't want to do that. Um, but I. I can see that on a even now. saying, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I say that, but I, yeah. I don't know how to get out, yeah, you know, like you. I don't, I don't want to say I'm trapped here, but I don't know what else to do to get myself out of there. Yeah. Um, my, my aspirations of, of being a, a shortstop for the Red Sox is gone. Like that's 20 years old. Yeah. I, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> plus I'm a lefty. I can't play shortstop no, as a lefty. No. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, what else, what else do I do other than try to stay busy and try to stay relevant, which is only, is only fooling myself at some point, you know, as I'm off the floor enough, I'm I'm only fooling myself, um, which is why I still work shifts for my relief company. I I do a lot with the admin team. I do a lot with, um, I, I did a lot of interviews today for prospective relief technicians and I did, you know, I did the speaking last night. I did the transfusion lecture last night. 
um, the trans the fluids one was a few weeks ago, but I'm I'm doing some of those things, but I'm, you know, doing my best to update all of my lectures to make sure that the knowledge that I have that was maybe a couple years old when I first started writing the, those lectures, making sure they're still relevant and making sure that I'm still on top of the 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 trends of of what's going on in the world yeah. and. I, I, I struggle with how much longer can I do this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, of course it's well, well documented. You and I are big sports guys, but it's almost like the, the elderly, you know, near retirement athlete that just keeps like hanging on for, yeah. you know, signing another one year contract and another one year contract. And yeah. just, you know, uh, instead of riding off into the sunset, the, the, you know, just kind of fades away and, you know, but just can't leave it behind. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, well, like, and you know, and Tom Brady retired a couple days ago yeah. for for the second second time, uh, and he's forty five. He is he is five years younger than me, and and he has had like a, a career that has been longer than almost anyone in the NFL. And I'm still here working, still still going on. Obviously, I'm not making the money he's making, sure. so you know the motivation is is slightly different. Um, but you know we we talk about athletes all the time. We're retirement age for an athlete is like 39 and then but the difference between us and them is they make enough where they don't have to have a 401k yeah. uh they can just not not have three mansions right. and yeah. well and if they're and in have, the league, have a good retirement they're, they're pensioned anyway so i mean they're that's true yeah they're, yeah they're good to go in. well and we don't have we don't have pensions in this right. field um yeah i'm sure there there are in like academia but yeah I in mean, terms of people that are toughs we had um, 401A and 403B, and, and they were like basically mandatory, but you could voluntarily match to it. Um, so there, there was some, some options there. And I think we're going to have a really good episode coming up, um, uh, with, um, a financial advisor who's a veterinary consultant. Um, our good friend Rhonda, um, who does work with us through dog days, um, introduced yeah, yeah. to us. And we're going to talk about financial planning for veterinary technicians and, you know, how to stow away little bits at a time or, or, you know, looking, looking ahead or, you know, if you are one of those people that are in this field for a few years and you get out, making sure you take whatever, you know, you've accrued with you. And, and so we're going to talk about some of those things, which I'm, I'm pretty interested to see, you know, cause yeah, at some point, whether, whether you're in this field or another field, all this stuff becomes relevant and it's always stuff you got. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. um, so I think that'll be really, really, really interesting. So yeah, um, a lot to think about there for sure. But um, the nice thing is, is always something like you don't have to make a decision today, but it's always something that's kind of simmering back there that you just, yeah, yeah. you know, with each passing year that it, it the burner gets a little hotter, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, okay, what else? Well, we were going to talk about this is uh, February is Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to talk about Dr. Valerie Marcano. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm saying that correctly. Um, who made a post, uh, I, I think it originated on LinkedIn, and she got this terrible response from this veterinarian in, uh, where did you say yeah, that? Yeah, so the, her, her article was originally in California Veterinarian, which is the the journal of the CVMA, the California Veterinary Medical Association. Um, and then she got the kind of the scathing email um, directly from a, a veterinarian in San Diego, uh, I'm, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have have read it. Frankly, I don't even want to kind of give it the traction to to talk uh, exactly, yeah. or what have you. But um, it was a very 
I don't know, distasteful at best email. Um, and, and I will say, I feel like I've seen a lot of support for her from the veteran community oh, yeah. far and wide, which yeah. has been really nice to see. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I mean, it was a, it was a big thing for a week or two. I feel like it really blew up everywhere and I haven't heard much about it lately. So I don't know if there's, I'm seeing more posts. I'm seeing more posts on LinkedIn about people throwing support for her. Good. Um, even, even a couple of guests that we're planning on having on in the near future. Um, so I'm, I'm still seeing some right. positive support for that. Um, and, and just the, I know we don't want to talk too much about it, but it, when I was reading this, I was like, this, if you, if you fed, a, um, like a artificial intelligence machine of, of saying, give me a response. That's the most bigoted and racist and insensitive response to anything. It would be this. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I read through that with that thought, thought process in mind, I was like, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but I mean, I, I wonder what is happening in this, this person's practice right now. I wonder, um, I, I, I told you if I, if I was working on this staff, I, I would, I would quit immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you mentioned, it, it may be something where this did not come as a surprise to them, yeah. um, yeah. where this is something they live with and they've just been become numb to it. Yeah. Um, because, because it's a job for them, but yeah. man. Just terrible. Yeah, hopefully terrible not. Stuff. And you know, if if it's something that you know, those people don't share those thoughts or values, like hopefully they, you know, are right. able to get out and and go do something else. And um, because it's a heavily populated area of Southern California, San Diego County, and and there are myriad job opportunities. I am quite confident. So yeah, yeah. If uh, if needed, hopefully that's that's something that they're doing. And, 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 you know, again, like, like I alluded to earlier, I, I kind of have a feeling that's not a new thought or, you know, a new, um, viewpoint or, you know, like, well, right. I didn't know you felt that way kind of thing. Right. So. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's just reading through it. was just, just terrible to read. And it, I, I made a comment on one of the posts that said, this is exactly why we have so much work left to mm-hmm. do um in in this veterinary space yeah. about dei stuff about in, inclusive inclusivity yeah. is that the yeah. word um we still have so much yeah. work left to do because there are people like that yeah. that do have those views and yeah. I, I worry about the people that are that don't have any qualms with putting that out into the right. open and also on his his letter like his hospital was listed on there right like he signed it from his hospital um which just the the brazen i don't care what you think about what i have to say uh was just tragic to read and and, And, and terrifying to see because and i think you know i i think sometimes it takes something like this being put out there for people to realize like, holy crap, like people actually do think this, like people actually think, think like this, this way, yeah. like people actually do experience this kind of thing. Um, like it's not just some made up, you know, phony experience that, you know, they're, right. they're embellishing or whatever. Like, I mean, I, 
I would like to say I feel like this is probably an extreme example, but maybe it's not. Um, right. But like, I don't know. It's it's obviously a very terrible situation, but I think sometimes like we need to see that that actually is still occurring and, and that yeah. we still need to like, obviously we don't want to see it, but like, I think sometimes some people need to like see that it actually does happen. And it's just not figments of, of somebody's imagination, you know, like, right. And, and, I mean, and hopefully about that the difference, if, if, if that veterinarian had made the post and, and said, I got an email that, you know, said these things, but you know, didn't share it. That, didn't listen. Yeah. Didn't share it. Like, Oh, you know, they're making it up or, you know, that they're, yeah. they're embellished. The they're context was wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or they didn't mean it like that. And, and so I think for some people it takes seeing that in black and white to be like, Oh, Oh crap. And, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and hopefully that creates, you know, it's created a lot of positive mm-hmm. support for, for this yeah. doctor, um, for, uh, I, I don't want to say it wrong. I think it's pos- possibilities possibilities i think is the name of the company um but hopefully hopefully something like that is going to show support for them and realize that people need to get on board with Mm -hmm. you know being inclusive and uh paying attention to some of these diversity issues that there there's (laughs) as much as we like to think that we all think that we're doing the right thing there are people out there that think that we're doing the wrong thing and in in making that realization that um we have we still have a lot of work to do and there's 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 a lot of pushback to these things that we all that all of us kind of look at and say yeah duh this is of course the right path we want to take but then we have people on the on the other side of this issue saying this is a dumb path to take we don't need to be doing this um and hopefully that that promotes change. Hopefully it promotes more support and promotes more people to get involved in issues like this to make sure that, that, you know, the, the right side of the argument wins out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would say, uh, you know, I'll, I'll changing gears on to the next topic. Um, just want to jump in here and say, it's, it's only going to be like six or seven weeks till we're in Arizona. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're still working on some. I'm excited for yeah, it. <laughs> for sure. We're working on some planning for that. I think it would be really fun, um, you know, to maybe meet up with somebody from Arizona Vet Tech Association and, and just kind of talk yeah. about that creation and then maybe record an episode while we're there or at least do a tap room or a live or something. Um, but Arizona. Yeah. We've had somebody reach out to us from yeah. from Arizona. Yeah, I think it was, um, I think it was Stephanie Perry. Um, yes. Yes. So we're, okay. We're going to be there uh, March nineteenth to the twenty second. Um, we yep. are going to take in a couple of spring training games, but and visit a couple local watering holes and breweries. But um, <laughs> but we would love that's to, what we do. Uh, to <laughs> see a couple of you as it gets a little closer. We'll kind of post where we'll be or, or what we're up to. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in the Phoenix area, um, you know, if you want to come out to a baseball game or join us for a beer, we would love yeah. that. So we'll definitely kind of talk a little bit more about that. Um, a little bit in probably in each episode intro we do kind of up until then, but yeah, yeah it's only like seven weeks away. Yeah. And then the next time will be, well, let's see, let's, let's think about my travel plans. Um, let's see, I'm going to, uh, Chicago in May. I'm going to the vet show in May. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin and I will both be there. Um, Becky Mosser got, got me the gig for that. Um, 
So that's good. I'm going to be in New Hampshire in April, I believe like the 19th to the 23rd. I'm going to be seeing some family. I'm going to see my old crew in New Hampshire and I'll be speaking at the New Hampshire Vet Tech Association conference on the Sunday. Um, are you doing the Delaware one? Are you, you're doing Delaware in, in November, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, there's something else I'm doing. Where else am I going? There's someplace else I'm going. I think it's not vet related. Mm. We're going to New Orleans for for another trip, but that's not really a nice. that's not really a vet thing. That's it's it's for um the Beyond Fences that yeah. Robin works with the, the nonprofit. Um, I guess there's a animal expo conference for uh, people that kind of work with communities uh, and, and do the work that she mm-hmm. does. But she's like, you want to tag along, and go to New Orleans? I'm like, heck yeah, I'd like to go to New Orleans again. <laughs> um, I, we really loved it there, and. I think going in in the spring versus going uh, when did we go last September, September yeah. in 2018 for IVEX where it was ridiculously hot. Um, hopefully this will be a much much cooler spot. Great. Um, and there's some there's something else I'm doing that I well I mean IVEX in September. Well there's IVEX yeah that's September. Um, yep we'll be in is that Aurora Aurora yeah, Colorado just outside of Denver just outside of Denver. Um, I'm excited to go see the Denver airport. Um, I don't know. Do you know about the Denver airport Mm -hmm. about all the crazy conspiracy theories swirling around that airport? I kind of want to go see the murals. I want to go see that, the Bronco with the, uh, the, the, the ruby red eyes that apparently killed the person that made it. Um, so I'm, I'm probably going to land and probably spend like an hour or so walking around Denver. Yeah, get a beer, walk around, and look at all the all the, the crazy murals, and 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 follow along with uh, some of the conspiracy theories. So I'm I'm gonna enjoy doing that. Oh boy, <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, it it's a busy. This is this is probably gonna be my busiest year for speaking and and traveling. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one way to transition off the floor. It is. It, I mean, it is one way to transition. And, you know, I, I said maybe four or five years ago, at some point in this field, I'm going to be more attractive for my mind than my body. Uh, and that is definitely what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one other thing we wanted to talk about, our, our good friend, um, Tasha McNerney, um, if, you, if you're friends with her on Facebook or you follow her, she always does these um, kind of like, hey, vet med things. And, and she yeah. and kind of just, you know, just trying to create discussion. And she did one, I think it was this week, um, you know, asking what, this week or last week. I can't remember. Yeah, um, very recent. I'd say within the last week or so, should we require educational classes or certification for vet med folks working as educators or instructors? Um, and there's, there was definitely some interesting comments and then I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Um, as a former teacher. Yes. We definitely need some type of educational classes because I was, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, I thought it would just be like giving a lecture, but it is not at all like giving a lecture. Um, teachers that do not have any kind of educational background need some type of yeah. training, some type of course to kind of work them through how to do this. Yeah. Um, it's it's more than just giving lectures um, because you know speaking to uh, a, a, a hall at, at IVEX speaking to technicians that are already in the field versus speaking to technicians that are not yet mm-hmm. even working in a, in a clinic. It is, it is such a different dynamic. Yeah. It is so different. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I like to tell the story sometimes of, of 
the crazy questions that I would get. And I had one one girl in the middle of a class raise her hand and very seriously ask me, why do they call it rabies? Uh, and I said, I don't know. We're, we're talking about the liver today. So <laughs> I'm not really sure <laughs> how that's relevant. Um, she just had that thought of like, I want to know why they call it rabies. I'm like, yeah, I do too. But can we talk about the liver today? Right. <laughs> um, but the the questions that you get and the the level that you have to teach to is so different than 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 those of us that have you know gone through the lecture circuit and given lectures and given CE and things like that. It is so different because it's not just giving lectures. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's giving lectures and keeping them engaged. Yeah. Um, because I mean, if I give a if I give a lecture at IFX and somebody's on their phone in the back of the class and not paying attention, that's on them. That's not on me. Mm-hmm. If that happens in my classroom, that's a different story. Yeah. Um, but also the 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 fact that I, I kind of walked in, I my class that I first taught was about emergency medicine, so I was like, this will be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was like I don't know, I had ten or twelve lectures to go through um, for that, um, talking on various topics. But then when I started teaching something that wasn't really in my wheelhouse, like anatomy and physiology, like I struggled so much to teach that. And I feel like as, as teachers that go go into this this field of, of being educators, there needs to be something done ahead of time because I was just kind of thrown in and said, here's your class. Here your, here's how you do the, the papers. Here's how you give homework. Um, but it was it was very informal and it was not very, yeah. I don't want to say it wasn't structured, but it was like, here's how the last person that taught this class did it. So do it just like that. Right. Um, not not to say that the people that were coaching me and mentoring me through that did it wrong, but it was like, it was not enough. Right. It, it definitely wasn't enough. Yeah. And there definitely needs to be something more done for that, especially for newer teachers. Yeah, for sure. um, I can't speak for people that have been teaching for 10, 12 years. Obviously they need CE and they need some type of, you know, continuing education of of how to be on top of the market and how to be on top of the the trends. But I mean, as as a new teacher, man, I needed so much help. Yeah. Um, and I fully support some type of classes or certification for people that want to teach. Yeah, and, and I don't know what the right answer is in terms of of level of that. Like, because there's obviously a huge difference between like adult learners and and you know teaching school age kids and and what have you. Yeah. And as you alluded to, it's it's very different teaching on your niche. Um, but even if it's something you're super passionate about, it, it doesn't necessarily make you a great teacher. Um, right. and it, so when you're, you know, when teachers are teaching these programs, there's always things they're excited about. And I know from my time teaching too, and things you're less enthusiastic about it, where you just kind of have to get through it, but that's not fair to the students. No, it's not. certainly none of us know how to design lesson plans or actually like you know, I mean, I feel like we make up assignments or we do this or that and, you know, but like, should, should there be, you know, a liberal arts degree or, you know, I, like, I don't think there is like having an associates in veterinary technology is a qualification. Having a bachelor's degree in veterinary science is not a qualification because you're still not learning how to teach. Um, right. And yeah, they're, they're, there needs to be something set up. Um, and I, I don't even know where to start with that, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't know how to make it happen cause I'm not, I'm not in that realm anymore. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but, but something definitely does need to be done. Uh, the other thing that we can kind of piggyback onto this was, was it the AVMA that put out mm-hmm. that 
that post uh, that they're looking for six, I believe it's six committee members for the CVTA, which is the Committee on Veterinary Technician Ed Educational Activities. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Um, so if you're passionate about teaching and want to be involved in that, um, we can we can post that that article on our mm -hmm. show notes for this tap room, um, so you can kind of see that. Um, if you're interested in that, I'm sure um, getting more technicians to to kind of fill that role, I think will will help make this better. Yeah. Um, and and again, it's, but, you know, it's not it's just like anything else. It's nothing that's going to change overnight, but I think it's something that needs to be thought oh, yeah. about. It's something that needs to be discussed. Yeah. And and again, like if you make the requirement too high, you're never going to get the educators. And the right. higher you make the requirement, the higher you're going to have to make the pay, the higher you make the pay, the higher you're going to have to make tuition. And it's all of this stuff, but yeah, it's cyclical. It's, yeah. It's either that, and we just continue to elevate or we just continue to wallow in mediocrity. And right. like, if we're going to make this a sustainable career, we've got to have better education. We've got to have better, all of it, basically, <laughs> everything. We've talked about <laughs> well, and, and and students need to be students need to be better prepared because you know you know some of the stuff that that was taught in schools twenty years ago. I mean, the the medical knowledge is is has improved, but for the most part, it's it's mostly the same. But but the landscape of the profession has changed vastly right. in the last twenty years. Right. Uh, and and I, I don't know that that's you know I have a very small sample size of of one school that I taught at, but I don't know if that's being taught at all the schools right. of mental health and mental mental well being and right. um, wages and what you're going to earn and four hundred one ks like we're talking about. Yeah. I, I don't know that any of that is in the curriculum right now. Right, and, and we um, talked about you know um, you know just you and I and the the changes that we've had like our you know or in the future, are we still relevant in our field or is it just time for other people to be talking about some of this stuff? And if you think about like people that are full-time veterinary technician educators, if they're not even working on the floor, like where, like how are they keeping current? And it's probably new editions yeah. of textbooks. But you know, when we talked with Steven not long ago, I mean, we learned that, you know, by the time a textbook comes out, it's already outdated. Like it's, it's already, yeah three or four years in the yeah. past because that's how long it takes to write and edit and publish and go through all those steps. Right. And by the time it comes out, it's already out of date. And so right, if, if right. we're constantly, you know, teaching a few years behind, we're always, we're always going to be behind the eight ball. And, and I think yeah. that we have to somehow be able to adjust the curriculum a little bit to, um, you know, I mean, I remember when I, when I was still teaching, Recover was out, but it wasn't in any textbooks or anything. And, and like right, right. our CPR labs were not Recover based. And right. But it's like, here's this, here's this, this exists. This is now accepted, accepted as the way we're supposed to do it. But I have to teach you a different way. I have to teach you an outdated way because that's what you're going to be tested on. But this isn't the way you should right. be doing it anymore. And right. Yeah. Well, and, and just, um, you know, I, I left the, I left teaching 20, the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. And one of the classes I taught was, um, it was animal husbandry. And there was, there was a, a, a couple classes in there where we taught restraint and the textbook taught you how to scruff cats and how to do things that we're, we're trying to move away from. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I had to, again, I had to create an entire I, I went through fear free I, I did the certification for fear free and I had to write an entire lesson 
on just fear free and not and just throw away all the stuff that was given to me. This is what was yeah. taught last time this class was taught. Um, but the first time I taught it, I I taught it the way that it was in the book, which was scruffing and essentially manhandling patients that we don't do anymore. Right. Um, so even even in the even in the the teaching realm, sometimes that stuff, like you said, some of that stuff is outdated by the time it even gets to the teacher's desk to say, okay, this is what I'm going to teach you now. Yeah. Um, and, and that's again, that's another one one of the many reasons why I left teaching was that I felt not working in the floor. My 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 big thing of what I was going to be teaching these students was my experience, mm-hmm. and if I'm not on the floor and I don't have the experience, then what what good am I? Right. Um, not, you know, to right. to an extravagant degree of of what good am I? But but I, I felt like what I was teaching them was not as relevant as it could be right. from somebody that was working on the floor, and yeah, you know, yeah, or just you know, you know, up on trends or you know, yeah. Um, new to market medications that you're not familiar with or who knows what, but. Well, and, and the other part of that is as a teacher, you know, you've got, there were three or four different teachers in, in, in the school that I was at. Um, all of us, majority of us were, were teaching full time. Um, we had a couple adjunct professors that were still like working on the floor and stuff like that. Um, but think about the difference between that being in, in that teacher in that school versus working in a shift you've got um experiences and information coming from technicians from doctors from other people that you work with and when you're teaching all of your all of your knowledge and all of your updates on trends are from people that aren't working in the field yeah and how how relevant is that going to make you and how relevant is that going to make your your lesson plans right it, it not a, not to not to not to say anything bad about teachers. No, but absolutely. Not. That is something that I do. I worry about. Yeah, in absolutely not. I mean, you I, know, if you can make that well, work, make it work. A, that's another avenue for for people that have been in this field to for a long time yeah. take their experience and and you know get off of the floor, so to speak, and and what have you. It's just it's an interesting thought of, of like how how do you stay current and and not just you know like you were saying very few people are teaching just one little facet that's their little niche um, right. teaching a broad range of species of topics of all of this stuff. And frankly, I think it's just impossible to stay current on all of that. Right. Um, and, and so, well, I just think about teaching pharmacology. I, I was teaching pharmacology and I had to teach about large animal medicine, mm-hmm. large animal pharmacology. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what any of these drugs are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Like I'm reading it just like you are in the book yeah. and spitting it back out at you. Right. right. Yeah. So uh, definitely I, I think there, there, there are things that could be done to, to make it a lot better. Yeah. And, and certainly I don't think we have those answers, but I, I think it's yet another discussion that, that. And if you are a teacher that's listening to this, let us know, yeah. like give us some feedback, let us know what's going on. Yeah. Um. Do you want, do you want, extra classes to, to mm-hmm. teach you how to be a teacher. Or, or does the institution you teach at like make you, Oh yeah. Do you have that? Um, you know, those courses. Cause I know, you know, when, where I started teaching was a private vet tech school and then we were bought by heritage college and they had us all take basically CE on, you know, teaching adult learners. And we had to do a certain number of classes a year, um, you know, just different teaching methods and things of that sort. And, you know, do you actually get some of that um, as a veterinary educator? Because it is very different um, teaching 
yeah. know, college age or, or adult learners. And it's definitely something to think about. Yeah. And, and I, I feel bad talking on it because I have a very limited experience of, of what being a teacher was like, I was there for a year and a half ish mm-hmm. or so. Um, and, 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 and didn't have a good experience, obviously. Um, but I mean, there's, there's teachers out there that yeah. have a great experience yeah, and can for sure. totally advocate for that, that part of the profession. But, you know, just speaking on my own personal experience, that that's kind of how I saw it. And yeah. I, I felt like I, I didn't have what I needed to be a successful teacher. Yeah. Um, but maybe there, there may be people out there that are doing that, that, that have that much better experience that are, that are well supported and, and um, have everything they need. For sure. For sure. And we've, we, you know, we've talked uh, about veterinary technici- technician education on a few different episodes. We've talked to a few different yeah. guests and, and I think that's a conversation and that's a question we should just ask going forward. You know, if we talk to educators, it says, how do you stay current on this stuff? Yeah. How yeah. do you, you know, when it's topics you don't really know about when you literally are just parroting out of the book, like how, <laughs> how do you actually teach that? Yeah. Like, Let us know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So comment, either send us an email or comment on the posts. Yeah. Let us know how, how, how you'd manage all that. Please Cause do. that's, that's something we need to know. <laughs> Please do. Um, well, I think that was just about all. For yeah, we said this was going to be a short one, but it's, yeah, it's but here we are. almost it's a little after 40 minutes. So. All right. You know, one other thing we should do, too, um, we, we got a new Patreon recently. I want to give a shout oh, out yes. to um, Dr. Jessie Strong. I work with her at the Animal Poison Control Center. She's a huge supporter of ours. She listens to every episode, and she sends me cool stuff to, to listen to or check out that she always thinks would be good ideas for our podcast and, and different things. So, Dr. Strong, I really, really appreciate your support. We really, really do appreciate that and love the ideas that you've been sending me lately. So um, more cool stuff on that. Um, in case anybody's yeah. been listening to the Freakonomics podcasts recently, I think maybe Dave will do, we'll talk about that on our next taproot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, thank you to all of our Patreons um, as well. But I just wanted to call out our new Patreon. So, Well, what do you think? I think it's time for bed. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's time for dinner. <laughs> almost eleven o'clock here for me. Um, speaking about being old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, caffeinators. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this episode of the Vet Tech Tap Room. Uh, we will be back in the cafe again with regularly scheduled programming at our next episode, and there may be, if we can swing it, um, kind of a, a makeup episode for for this week's episode. Hopefully next weekend, if we can swing it. But if not, um, in two weeks we'll be on our regularly scheduled programming. So look for us then. We hope you guys are well. Um, if you're in the deep south or the New England area, we really hope you're not freezing your butts off and that your power stays on. <laughs> and uh, we'll yeah. talk to you guys again soon. Bye, guys. <laughs>